On Triple A, we pay tribute to the late Uncle Pete. This program contains the voice of the late Uncle Peter Hill. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country from where we broadcast here at the Triple H Studios in West End. So people, here we are at the sad point in time where we farewell our ever so caring soul, Uncle Peter Hill. My name's Julie Tyson and I'm a proud Maroonie woman of the Gurang Nation and also Nugi Nunuckle and a descendant of the Kari peoples in central Queensland. It's an honour to be here reflecting on our time with Uncle Pete and his great show and all the time and everything that he put in here at 98.9 FM. So I was lucky enough myself to have had quite a few years working with Uncle Pete. It was filled with many moments and memories which brought us really close. I think I was around 21 or 22 when Uncle Pete first came to work at AAA. Of course, prior to that, he and Uncle Ross had a very strong connection. He was the bus driver at the Murray School early on, and he had a lot of years there too. And the Murray School was in the early years then, and AAA was back at the old premises at Rockley, of course. Uncle Pete, in fact, was our cleaner at the beginning. He did a really outstanding job, and I remember doing the morning shift. I'd put on a pre-recorded interview or a long song so that he could get in the studio and dust behind the panel, the whole desk area, CD players, mini disc player, DAT machine, every bit of equipment in there. He would clean even the clock through and he would also water all the plants and take them out to get some sun. I can't remember how long it was until Uncle Pete was on air. It wasn't too long. But I do remember that nobody cleaned like he did and we would often joke about how deadly he did the request show, but the place was never as clean. And I remember Uncle Pete saying to me, now what would people want to listen to an old fella like me on the wireless for? He was a tad nervous, I suspect. But hey, when he became the host of the prison request show, there was no turning back. The shout-out show definitely was Uncle Pete's. He also hosted a general request show and the good old golden oldies. Uncle Pete and these shows just clicked. The golden oldies, which was a favourite of many of our golden oldies, and many other people too, featured the old Murray and country songs and it was truly a golden show, if I must say myself. The request show was full of a variety of music with messages to people and different mobs all over, being it was broadcast around the country. The prison request show was for some the only way to get a message through to their loved ones and they could send a song too. Uncle Ross knew the importance of this show and Uncle Pete really did too. And many of our mob locked up away from family. We all know that a black person locked in a cage on top of just life is so traumatic. And the prison request show was this lifeline. It really was. With Uncle Pete, 
riding the reins. It was, I'm sure, a proud accomplishment in his life. Who wouldn't be proud if you were him? And I remember him doing interviews on a real personal level. He would talk at length to parents of missing children off the air too, lending an ear to many people who had gone through trauma. He just cared. On AAA, we pay tribute to the late Uncle Pete. Thank you, Julie, for joining us. And um, for everyone out there, my name's Trisha Collins. I'm Warramungal. I'm currently acting CEO of AAA. It is a great honour and a privilege to be able to be here today to do our tribute to our dear friend and beloved gentleman of the airways, Uncle Pete. In the studio with us today is Karen Patterson, Nathan Talsma and Julie Tyson. So if you want to introduce yourself. You go first, Nathan, because you worked with Uncle Pete <laughs> for a long time too. Hey, listeners, Nathan Talsma here. Uh, Wapabara fella from Keppel Island. Oh, yeah, and Trisha introduced me as Karen Patterson, but most people here at the station, I think, know me as KD, that that nickname, although Uncle Pete used to always call me Kaz, so I was Kaz. <laughs> so you can call me Kaz um, just for today's but, program. Yeah. Any other time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think ways. we all had a nickname almost. He always <laughs> called me Trishy. Trishy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just in terms of me, I'm oh, yeah. a... Um, I was about to say woman. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Torres Strait Island woman, been living on mainland Australia, on Aboriginal country since 1990. So that's a long time. And uh, my mob are Wagadagam and uh, Zagareb from the Torres Strait. But yeah, Nathan. I just remember Nathan and Uncle Pete always down in that studio there <laughs> doing stuff, <laughs> doing radio. Yeah. It was like Uncle Pete's shadow. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Pete really was uncle to everybody here, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gave everybody a, a voice and always set time aside to have a yarn with everyone, even if it was just a visitor popping in. He'd say, hey, what's your name? True. He's your mob. He's always um, playing everyone's songs and that. No song was too silly for him to play. He wouldn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to play that. He he always played our music and some of the things, if it was a bit personal, he'd go, hey, that's magpie talk. <laughs> And uh, I, thought, I said, oh, that's, does that, did steve make that up? He said, no, I'm the original person. I made up that magpie talk. That means just between you and me, no one else needs to know. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes that that was a good thing. You could always open up about anything and and you knew that, yeah, even your secrets were safe. <laughs> yeah, true that. Yeah. How old do you reckon you were when you first met Uncle Pete, Nathan? Uh, I would have been... 19 when I first met Uncle Pete. Hey. Long time. <laughs> I think we've all got that story of when we first started at AAA. Like, I know when I first started, I probably wasn't even there for an hour. And he's like, all right, go on, let's go for lunch. And um, he had two favourite places in Rockley. It was the Prince Court Chinese Restaurant <laughs> or Yoronga Bakery for his pie. He loved his pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even after when, you know... As you get old, your body not working as mm-hmm. well as it should be. And Uncle, you know, had health problems or health issues the same that affect every Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elder, that is uh, diabetes. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Honey Betty and his doctors would have been like <coughs> scratching their head thinking, yeah, you need to be stop eating this stuff. But 
He was determined, eh? He was he like, was. you couldn't stop him. And good ways, uh, I mean, that's that's Uncle Pete through and through. Well, that's what he always carried a packet of biscuits. Yeah, he so. did. <laughs> he, was a, he was a real um, food critic as well. He would say the good things about it, but he'd say all the bad things first. Like, oh, I didn't like that I had, uh, you know, too much salt or tomato wasn't good or something. But then he would say, oh, but, you know, the crust on that pie was good or something. But he still finished it all. (laughs) Always eating, always eating, Uncle Pete. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have got similar stories to what we will share today about Uncle Pete. Yeah. He really did welcome you into his arms and definitely into his heart. Um, he used to um, reflect a lot when he'd come back from the jails and Uncle Pete really taught not to judge and uh, he really was there for a lot of our mob on the inside um, well, he became, and their families uh, he outside He became an official well. prison visitor, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. And I had the privilege once of going in with him to the youth detention centre and, you know, met up with the young people in there and you could see that he was respected, but he also had the respect of those working in corrective services as well because they obviously saw the value of the contact that he made with those young people that uh, hopefully it helped them in dealing with whatever crises or issues that was happening to them at the time, so... Yeah, definitely. He, he, his contribution invaluable, and definitely will, eh? will be missed. Definitely. Yeah, we'd put the shows on CDs, and he would chuck them in his car and play them as we drove. Like around. CDs, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely had his own style of radio, and he's yeah. I think he's um, you know his tone of voice was always welcoming and come across very caring. Um, you know, he'd probably stress out the commercial fast-paced radio of today, but, but he, it was really He put really a different personal. spin on things too. Mm. Like, um, you know, for me, when I'm doing a radio program, I have, you know, a different take. And Uncle Pete was just so insightful and he would take you to places that you never thought of. And I think somebody with his lived experience, not everybody's got the same lived experience, and I think he just had an interest in people, you know, a genuine interest in people, wanted to find out about their lives and and stuff like that. And I think that made him a very good broadcaster. Yeah, definitely. I think, too, on a personal level, sometimes he'd give you advice whether you wanted it or not, too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's his lived experiences as well, how he would tell you when he came here to Brisbane and where do you work at? At Streets? Is it Streets, the ice cream place? Paul's. Paul's yeah, you know, and just hearing these stories, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember him telling us, telling me a yarn, um, you know, when he was younger. And like you said, he, he lived he lived a, a lot of life before we met him too, you mm-hmm. know. But I do remember Uncle Pete recalling the time of when he was walking in the streets of Brisbane and blackfellas still weren't allowed to walk on a certain side of the road, mm. you know, and that's his lived experience. Where the boundary too. was in effect. Yes. Mm. And he's yeah. had all those times that our people had back then and he still had such a giving spirit and a giving heart and was always there for so many of us. He really was. Mm. Our say, very respected uncle. <laughs> he was. I have to say, uncle was a looker too. 
I mean, you'll see it in our social media photos <laughs> of, of Uncle Pete. I mean, he was a handsome man. You know, very good looking. I'm thinking Nathan might have some stories, but maybe Nathan (laughs) going to take them to the grave. You're not going to share any of Uncle's um, younger day stories, are you? That's my poor So we're not going to hear those stories today. Sorry. (laughs) So our tribute show for Uncle Pete today is going to be full of memories, songs, and we'll also hear Uncle Pete's voice as well. And as we begin the show today, you'll hear throughout the program Uncle Pete's voice. And here's one of his favourite songs. On AAA, we pay tribute to the late Uncle Pete. Slowly the long day turns to night And soon But in my cell I'm making plans To be with you at home each night These walls and bars can't hold a dreaming man So I'll be home to tuck the baby They can chain my body, but not my mind. So I'll break out again Sounds expected to run through on the air of 98.9 FM, Brisbane.
Triple I. We pay tribute to the late Uncle Pete. You're listening to Uncle Pete's Sunday Night's Request Show on 98.9 FM. south of Moree called Narrabri in Kimilaroi country and uh, that was back in, you know uh, 1943 so I'm dropping myself right in the bin now for the A's but uh, I've had a fortunate life, I really have, a very privileged life, and especially at the uh, the latter end of it because of where I'm, I'm employed now, this isn't work for me, it's just absolute therapy, especially with the uh, situation of my health at the time, with the uh, ups and downs I've had, to come here, and especially in that outside blooming heat, but getting into the uh, location here and in the aircon, it's it is just uh, it's not work at all. No. It was always good to me. Um, there were no organisations around like we can walk here, there and, or ring up today. Not even a pushbike with a family, you know. In those days, though, there were the big old cane uh, prams. Every uh, There were ten children and uh, latter uh, part of the family. And the, the old lady would have a new pram sort of thing. We'd be all, our bags out when it's finished, when, when you know. And there'd be a billy cart sort of thing. That used to be the transport from the shops because every Friday when the old man had work, it'd be up to the shop to pay the bill for the previous week's booking up, had all the stuff home. You know, food was a priority then, hungry black kids, and a lot of the time there wasn't any food. Sixty-two. I was uh, about nineteen. Oh, talk about frightened black kid. I was really nervy. I had very little confidence, self-confidence, and uh, I was very fortunate that when I got off the old semi-trailer uh, here in the Gabba, where there was that bottle yard collecting there years ago, and uh, he, he dropped me all the way uh, there to, into the Gabba. You know, there's different things uh, that happened in our lives, and uh, I have no uh, 
no animosity at all whatsoever to my old dad because I believe he did the best he could. He didn't give us all any great... Uh, he had no authority in the family sort of thing, you know, because he had no authority over his own life sort of thing. He was uh, forever on the bottle sort of thing, wine that is, and uh, we used to do terrible things to his wine bottle. We could wind it, you know, you know anything to, uh, <laughs> to uh, get him off the stuff. And when he could, he, he, he'd have the work to do, and, uh, you know, that was Bowville or railways and things like that. In fact, uh, the earlier part of our life was uh, on the railway line there at Gurley, a little joint between Moray and Narrabri, uh, where he was a fetler. And, uh, you know, that was a bit of stability there because the railways paid every fortnight. We'd always have a feed, so they, I'm saying feed, 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 but that was a priority, and... Uh, yeah, lobbed here in uh, Brisbane and uh, never looked back. to AAA, this is the tribute show to Uncle Peter Hill. And I don't know about you, Mob, but tears are pouring now. It really is an honour and it's special to be here. And that song just says it all. It Dancing really Aborigine. He had his favourite tracks, didn't he? He sure did. Did he what? I had some real funny times with Uncle Pete too. I'm sure all of you did over the times as well. <laughs> yeah. Had some sad times as well. You know, Uncle Pete was always there for us. I think I used to freak him out a little bit sometimes, some of the things I'd say. And he'd be like, Jules, don't. <laughs> and I'd go, well, Uncle, you asked. I think um, he wished that I wasn't so comfortably honest with him at, at times, <laughs> you know. But um, I think uh, you could just be comfortable always with Uncle Pete and you could always be yourself. I do remember a couple of years back now, was the first time in a while I've met up with Uncle Pete again after not seeing him when I'd moved away from Brisbane and um, it was really special. It was really, really special to see him. He was still trooping, you know, but I could see that he had a lot going on and um, he never let on, though. We were planning a Christmas special together and he had appointments and some days wasn't the best 
and I'd just lost my mother and I think being around Uncle Pete at that time, it was a bit triggering for me too, uh, not to mention the music. And unfortunately, I was unable to complete that with him and I remember feeling really gutted, really, really gutted because I knew it was probably going to be the last time that I'd ever do a show with Uncle Pete, you know. Um, so you're kind of doing one with him now, posthumously. Yeah, and that's why it really is an honour, you know, not just to honour him, but to be able to maybe have that feeling of doing the show with Uncle Pete. Mm. And I do remember um, over a lot of the years, Uncle Pete and I shared a difficulty with new technologies. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always funny. And I'd Human often... phones. Human phones, Uncle <laughs> Pete. I was like, oh, my gosh, Kaz, Kaz, show me what's, what I do with the... Uh, <laughs> Uncle Pete. <laughs> so I do remember, yeah, sometimes getting my head around the stuff and going, hey, uh, come, I'll show you how we do this now. <laughs> but, yeah, it was always a real pleasure, you know, Every moment it was, it really was. Well, seeing as you two worked with him for the longest time, when he was doing his shout-out show, like, that was a three-hour, three-, four-hour show. Mm -hmm. Was he doing that live back then? Yeah. Yeah. It was four back then. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a skill set because most people are probably now... It's like two teams, two presenters for, for like, a one-hour program even. He was doing this by himself. I mean, there was probably some production support for well, him back in the early days. And just and just think, back then, you know, it was the big reel to reel. You know, he'd be there cutting it up and stuff like that. Then it went to, like, your tape recorders and your mini disc. And, yeah. You know. And then it went all digital. Yeah, and that freaked him out, the whole digital. Even to the point, like, the studios here at the station, we were still lucky enough to have the old setup, and when they told him it was time, you need to come over and start in the new studios, it freaked him out. Mm. But But that studio, what was it? This is the main studio that we're broadcasting from now, but there's, you know, three other, four other studios there, and it was Studio 4? Yeah. That was Uncle Pete's. It's like, if you wanted to do stuff there, forget about it. (laughs) You're going to be there all day. (laughs) And there has been some, <laughs> there have been some arguments about, you know. Why are they in there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trishy, they're in my studio. How yeah. long are they going to be? Can you, can you move them along? Because, you know, I've got my show to do. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, especially when the trainees, they would gravitate towards him too because he just had interesting oh, yarns. He did. And, you know, I think his proudest moment was when um, his grandson joined um, AAA, Jackson, as one of our school-based trainees. Um, He was so proud of that young man. Oh, gee. (laughs) Yeah. That's bringing back some memories. Man of the gun comes shot up the sun And the girl and the child and the mother But the child is the son And the son is the child And the child is the son of the father and the wind sings a song of right and the wrong Which scatters the tune and the meaning And the passage of time just follows the line Of the lore of the land and the dreaming Listen to the news Talking about the 
There was an enormous amount of satisfaction for me, especially after a while, because I, I clearly remember one where I got a, a letter, a request and so forth, and this fellow said, uh, thank you, because you've put me back in touch with my family, you know? Just the good things like that, you know? You're not just talking to the, to the wind, you know? And, and since then, I've been to the prisons, so that was a regular part of it me going into jail and getting out there. They're not very uh, forward-thinking here, the uh, Queensland government, in that regard, because Sister Station in Melbourne, 3CR, Kutcher, actually goes in there and does a broadcast from the jail. I couldn't even get a recorder in. And the mother and child and the father Who smiles on the world as it carries each season For all are the same Just born to the name of the father Whose words have been spoken And the words peace on earth Just carries a curse When the words are so easily broken Listen to I use an expression every now and then on the Sunday show about how they tried to wipe us off the earth sort of thing and they failed miserably. In fact, I use an expression also that they come a big gutsa. They really did because every, every voice, yours and mine and the young people and the guests and so forth, every First Nations voice that speaks to this country it's a very very important voice you know it's it, why that is so is because it's a testament to the fact that you lot that tried to kill our babies and our elders and everyone in between you failed and we are here to say you failed from the house of the sun and the man and the gun will be broken and the word will be heard when a leader is reared and the words that he speak will be spoken so look to the day when the sun shines its rays cause I know that a new day is dawning and when the people as one shall rise to the light of the morning Yes.
you enjoyed the presentation from your favourite family station. It was a pleasure to bring that on Friday. The absolute, I think it was about 100 of the absolute best of our presentation time in the First Nations musical artist. And what a, what a paddock we've got now. Remember in the old days we had... Uh, this song or that song there and we'd played the guts out of it, which is fine, yeah. Nobody else was doing it. So we came along and uh, uh, the Sunday night program, for instance, not bragging, but uh, it is one of the uh, avenues for joining hands, just being happy to be in each other's company and enjoying what the other person offers. Time to uh, present another little twist on the uh, on the show tonight. As I get away from oh, that, uh, by the way, Uncle Seaman Dan, old Ti, and welcome to the Torres Straits. But as we get out of this hour, the uh, second hour of the show, 
Let's bring something I think, I hope you'll agree, pretty right in the, right in the spirit of our presentation of the gospel music.
and he'll give you a new song. Yes, I'm one of 